We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a bonus episode of Stay Hot, featuring the best-dressed cast of all time, myself, Bladen Kirk, and my two favorite co-hosts, Theo Ash and Matthew Spawnauer. How are you guys today? Doing I'm great. wonderful. We yeah, recorded we, an episode earlier today. I'm about the same. <laughs> we all we, we, put on, no, no, no. We all put on new outfits to hide the fact that this was recorded on the same day. Because, like, I feel like if an episode comes out on a different day, it's more fun. And then Theo, the, the, you ruined it. <laughs> Fifteen seconds into the episode. All right, he's just gonna go. Okay. To be fair, to be fair, I probably would have said the same thing. So, so I was the only I'm one not, committed to the ruse. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, I'm not going to let Theo take the fall for that. I would have done the same thing. Um, but yeah, we, we were arguing about who's the best dressed. Um, I mean, right. No, no, no. So here's what happened. Right. So we're all changing. So I, oh I, I step off screen. I changed into a new outfit. Right. Theo does the same. Great. And then Blaine's like, oh, OK, we're all we're all dressing really crazy. And then our producer, Alex, goes like, I bet you. Blaine's the best dress. And he comes out in this horrible, I'm sorry to listeners who can't see it, this horrible striped shirt. It's, it's No, it's fire. It's fire. No. And the thing yes. is, he's right that Bladen, I think, has a case for best dressed. For what I saw in Vegas, I think that Bladen definitely <laughs> does. But right now, he is the worst dressed. So <laughs> Thank you. I have fire fits. Nah, it's, you can only... I'm going to have to start wearing, throwing fits. I got to point the proof. It's because I'm wearing headphones, and like I, it's like I'm not and wearing... And, wearing and then the only, the only piece of clothing you're wearing that we can see sucks. So no. that doesn't help. No, it's a great shirt. You're just, you're just a hater. Not. You're really just a hater. But um, Theo, we made a TikTok, or I guess I made a TikTok and you stitched it about whether or not uh, Baker Mayfield would become bigger. So we're allowing this Browns talk today. If Baker Mayfield would become bigger than LeBron in Cleveland, not in like all of NBA or NFL, just in Cleveland, if the Browns won the Super Bowl. I don't think at all. I don't think he would. I'm not from Cleveland. I've never been to Cleveland, so I can't capture the vibe of this city. To me, it seems like immediately after the Super Bowl, Baker would probably be more important than LeBron, like in the aftermath of the Browns winning the Super Bowl. But as the years went went on, like the staying power of LeBron is bigger than the staying power of Baker Mayfield. So that's yeah. why my joke was like, he would be for like an hour, an hour and a half. He probably would be for a little bit. Um, but 
my kind of joke was that it would be for a very brief amount of time and then it would go back to being LeBron. But the comment section of people from Cleveland yes. seem to disagree. Yes, I'm telling you. I think you guys are really underrating. They, the people in Cleveland, from what I've seen or in Ohio, first off, Browns mean more to them than the Cavs by a lot. Yeah. By not Cleveland, even close. It, C- Cleveland is a Browns town. And, and we can sit here and Browns we can know town. that Baker Mayfield is not the best player on the Browns. Probably not the most important person to that team. We probably think that uh, Stefanski is maybe more important as the head coach. Yeah. But um, I think that's the, I think he's the quarterback. They've needed a quarterback for so long. They just love Baker there. I hundred and I know what LeBron did is more difficult and the Cavs winning a championship has more to do with them. I think the city of Cleveland just likes, I, I just think they like Baker better for better or yeah. for worse. Yeah. I, 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 think, I, I would disagree. I love LeBron. I think, you know, yeah, I think no, he I, should be bigger. I, I think it, the way we all thought about it was like Baker isn't as big to us as like LeBron, because again, like when LeBron won the finals, it, it felt like it was a lot of like he was so important. He was so critical to them winning that championship. Like I don't think they could have had any other player in the league other than maybe Kevin Durant at the time. And even right. then, I don't know if they would have won it. But like if the Browns had, there are a number of quarterbacks that the Browns could have, and they would, and like if they won the Super Bowl, they would still win the Super Bowl. No, but you would have you would have a lot of Browns fans, and not everybody would agree with this. There'd be a lot of people who would see the like LeBron meant more to the team, and he had yeah. to. That's not the blah, argument. Blah, blah. The argument is not who is better. It's LeBron who's or bigger, Baker. and Baker would be bigger. bigger. Baker and hasn't left the Browns. Baker is like such a Browns culture guy. The Browns are more important. I think he would be. I think yeah. it would be for a while. I don't think it would be like if you go 20 years from now, like looking back, like who's the bigger Cleveland sports icon? It will be LeBron in the long run. I, I, I believe I can't imagine like I'm not I don't have my finger to the pulse of the city, but I can't imagine like in the long run, Baker is the bigger when people are ranking Cleveland sports icons. You know, even people from Cleveland probably would put LeBron above Baker, but it would probably be for a while because yeah. the comment section was like people in Cleveland not only are they not big Cavs fans like they are Brown fans, a lot of them straight up don't like LeBron. <laughs> like, no. lot, like that was what what like they do not love him like that. Is at least what that's what the comment oh, section of Cleveland people were telling me. A lot of it depends also on how good would Baker play in the Super Bowl. If they win in spite of Baker, not the same as if Baker is great yeah. that year and they he gets Super Bowl MVP. Those are two different things. But perhaps. The question is, does Baker become bigger than LeBron in Cleveland? At first, it seems like a very silly proposition. Perhaps it's, yeah. not as, it's not as ridiculous as it is to someone who lives somewhere else and just knows you know, LeBron better than Baker. Like That's common knowledge. But in the yeah. heart of the city of Cleveland, um, maybe the, the national people don't have quite a, a read on that is my, the vibe that I got. I, yeah, still think I guess I, I, I'm just glad that we're uh, even talking about the possibility of a Brown Super Bowl. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we may I mean, never, possible. Ha- we may if, never have this dialogue again in my lifetime. No, if, if, if Baker, if, if the Browns and Baker do win it, get ready for the Baker won a championship and he didn't have to leave type tweets like that will for <laughs> sure be a thing. And I'll retweet. Yeah, LeBron will get slandered if if Baker wins a Super Bowl. Yeah, somehow it'll it'll come around to that. Yeah, it will, won't it? Sad. Lamicky. 
<laughs> anyway, Faker this is a, <laughs> anyway, we're going to hop right back in where we left off with the locks and the letdowns for the NFC. We're going to go into the NFC North and the NFC South today. If you haven't heard our previous episode, we talked about the, the locks and the letdowns for the NFC East and West. So make sure you go and check that episode out. Uh, but let's let's hop right back in. NFC South. Matt, your team is in this division, so yes. I'm sure you have a lot of locks for the Panthers. Um, I mean, I'm I, I'm not too overly biased, but I can give you a Panthers guy that I think is a little bit slept on. That'd be uh, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's getting drafted like wide receiver 35 territory. He finished last year like wide receiver 22. And I understand a lot of the arguments against him, right? Don't trust Sam Darnold. Don't trust the offense. There's a lot of guys on that team. Fair enough. Um, But the quarterback situation was bad last year. There were a lot of targets on the team last year, and he still put up great numbers. Um, it's like, there, well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of great targets on the Panthers who are going to take away targets from other people. Riley Anderson's the guy taking targets away from other people. <laughs> he's, he's, that's, he's great. He's a great player. And I understand the Donald concerns, but when him and Donald played together a couple of years ago, uh, they put up great. That was a great connection. They did great with each other. And we're expecting an improved Sam Donald this season. I also understand that like, okay, McCaffrey's back and maybe he takes a ton of targets, but Mike Davis got a lot of targets last year. Um, so I'm looking at a guy who finished wide receiver two last year at 35. I think that's all upside. I agree. I mean, I have concerns about Robbie Anderson, plenty of them, but it's all alleviated with where he's getting drafted. Like those, those yep. concerns are, are baked into the ADP. And when you get that low, it's like, the people around him have bigger concerns without the history of finishing higher than that. So um, I would agree with you. Like at first I would be, I, I am one of those people who is like, yeah, you got to look at Darnold and the offensive line isn't that good. And DJ Moore is the better wide receiver. So he's good, probably going to get more, you know, targets and Terrace Marshall. I'm high on all these things that I'm like, I wouldn't draft. I'd try to stay away from Robbie Anderson, but with where he's getting drafted, those, those concerns get and, alleviated. And DJ Moore's going 15, He's, he's going. Well, he's wide receiver twenty. Yeah. Um, so, and my concern with DJ Moore, I'm a big DJ Moore guy. He's not scored a lot of touchdowns before. That'd be the no. one thing I'd be worried about. And I don't know if that changes this year with how the offense is. Uh, but Darnold and Anderson have a huge connection. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what makes Anderson go uh, so low right now. He's not a flashy pick, but he could be really strong. Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely like Robbie a lot. Uh, Theo, who's your guy? What if Michael Thomas is back by like week four? Like what if it's best case scenario and he's it's the end of September and he's back and he's getting drafted as wide receiver like 47. Like you forget I mean, about him. Like he, Carson Wentz made it back like today. Yeah. It's so. like Michael Thomas. I understand that I was a Michael Thomas owner last year, so I can sympathize with the concerns when it comes to Michael Thomas because he was so inconsistent and frustrating and a waste of a, a league loser last year with how dra- high I drafted him. I understand. But it's like, man, like, I don't, what if he's back? I mean, the reports I saw, like, worst case scenario, we might be back after the bye week by like week seven. And then you've got a wide receiver, an extra bonus wide receiver one on your team 
going into the playoffs but in the final stretch. I'm I'm seeing him as I don't know where you see him as 47 wide receiver. I'm I've, I've been seeing him get drafted way higher than that. Uh, I've been seeing him get drafted. I mean, I, I'm looking at him right now at 27, and mm, I, I don't disagree 20, with. I see I him at 26. I don't I don't disagree that like uh, at 47 the gamble's ridiculous. Problem with Thomas is like. What if like there's a problem with the Saints and you don't know about that? Or what if they want it? Like there's so many question marks that if you have to draft them as oh like a real wide receiver that you're counting on, uh, I don't love it. I think that's something because I think he's like you're gonna have to draft him in starter territory to get a shot at him. And I think I think he's a type of guy where a lot of people are like if he'll be a league winner and that pushes his value way way up to where I don't know if the risk is worth it. I've got him. I'm looking at underdog fantasy ADP, and he is there um, under. He's under Jarvis looking, Landry, and above Jalen Waddle. I'm looking at fantasy pros, and I see him above Claypool and Odell and Juju and Cortland Sutton. And honestly, like he's he's over some very solid wide receiver ones. Um, he can win you a league. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't think Michael Thomas is ridiculously talented. We're not low on Michael Thomas talent wise on this podcast whatsoever. <laughs> we love um, Michael Thomas. Yeah. Like I totally think he has the tools to be the best receiver in the league or up there. One of them, but I don't know. There's, that situation is very, very scary. It is. I think that he is a worthy bet though. I think that if others are scared of him, he's maybe one guy that I'll kind of be a little bit more aggressive to target because I think people just with the mess surrounding things right now um, and people don't like Michael Thomas is the other thing. People hate yeah. Michael Thomas. People hate him. Well, so this like, is- I think that kind of drives down his value a little bit because people don't, if he was someone like with a Larry Fitzgerald type repertoire and like people loved him, people mm-hmm. would like be a little bit more willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he was going to like work his way back, like grind and work his way back earlier, but they don't. So they don't like him. They like to make fun of him. And I think that kind of put, pulls his value down. I'm going to be a guy like I would, I would take a shot at Michael Thomas. And well, I think that his, his, he could be back earlier. This is, this think. is what sucks about him is that he was a guy where narratives are making him get slept on. And before all this injury stuff, you're like, that's my big time sleeper. You can get Michael Thomas in the second round and he is in line to go nuts this year. And then all this injury stuff made me feel not so great about it. I also think that there's the risk of either some sort of problem with the saints. Uh, He could miss more time than we expect. He could come back. And we saw last year he came back and he wasn't quite right because he rushed back and it might not be impossible that he does the same here. There's just a lot of unknowns. He looked really good against the Falcons. I just remember watching that Taysom Hill game. I'm like, oh man, Michael Thomas is looking like old Michael Thomas in this game. And he did get shut down in the playoffs and he did probably, he was not nearly as good in 2020 as it was in 2019. I think around like wide receiver 25, like if you, if you have like a solid wide receiver one, maybe a second one on your team already, you take Mm -hmm. Michael Thomas, you double up and you, you hope he's there by the time. You know, weeks and then there's yeah, around. and then there's a lot. I will say that there's a lot of depth at receiver, and I'm not I'm not against the risk because it is a league winner move, but he is discounted for fair reason. It's not just free value. I guess I I, 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 I also feel confident in my ability to get a sleeper to hold me over until he comes back, like Marquez Callaway, who you know <laughs> that is that actually ago. is kind of the play. I think that that does make me feel better yep. about it. Go Callaway. You get the number one receiver. And then when Thomas comes back, you're good. I it just depends on down. how high. 
it just comes uh depends on how high Thomas is. Yeah. I, I've been a guy I drafted uh Michael Thomas at the back of the first two years in a row. I went Michael <laughs> Thomas, tough. Devontae Adams. I had the I had the last pick. I went back to back Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and I ended up both years trading Michael Thomas um about midway through the year. So trading him two years ago is a little bit of a questionable move there. I traded him for it was I can't remember exactly what I packaged. It might have just been him. Was that the year that Adams got hurt? Was Adams hurt that year? I don't there was, there was a year where it's like so maybe I maybe it wasn't Adams, but I ended up trading him with someone else, and I got like Saquon and a bunch of other players. Like I got a ton for that. So you it, won it, offensive player of the year that year, so you would have had to for that to be worth it. But if you yeah. traded him last year, <laughs> that all worked out because yeah, he was that, rough it, last year. He, he lost me a league. I drafted it, it, him so It worked high. out both years. Lost, it worked, the yeah. guy, the guy yeah. that traded me for Michael Thomas ended up like dead last in our league. Okay. The first, anyway, who, the first. Who's, your, who's your guy? My guy, okay. Last year, Chris Godwin got hurt, and Chris Godwin was 30th in fantasy at receiver. He's being drafted, I think, 15th mm-hmm. in ADP right now. In 2019, range. he was second. In fantasy, he's a baller. If he can get anywhere near where he was two years ago, there's there's no way he's like worse than the fifteenth receiver. In fit, like that's I, that's absurd. I don't think it's My, impossible. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't want to hate on Godwin. We were high on him before he broke out. I remember that. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were we really were, high on we him were. before he broke out, but. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think 15 is probably about fair for him. He is a really talented receiver, but there are so many players on that team who need the ball. But like, there were were there not a lot of players in 2019? I'm not. I'm not. I, I, probably what, more what so big, now. Though, what, what was the biggest difference between, like, in terms of weapons, other than the fact that they got Brady? I mean, was, was, was there a significant? I mean, they they I mean, weren't Antonio like running Brown the ball in turn. Antonio Brown is a question mark because Antonio Brown was kind of good last year. Like he was, he was. very no, limited, was. but he there he showed enough potential th- where he might be a guy that needs a lot of tar- like he might be a guy that could potentially be a still a top wide receiver gotta, in the league, and that stop. is the yeah. big question. You got to stop taking my uh, one of my other sleepers right now because it is Antonio Brown with his great ADP. <laughs> well, mine, um, one sec, which is, this is all why mine is Tom Brady as quarterback, n- like nine people are like, Oh my God, there's so many weapons in Tampa Bay. Like which one, who should I draft? Like Tom Brady, <laughs> the, guy throwing to him. the guy throwing yeah. to him. He doesn't need to split targets with anyone. He's getting drafted as like quarterback nine right now. I mean, he could definitely throw. Like, I, I like Brady a lot in fantasy. I think he's just such a safe. I, like, I think he outplayed them. Right I mean, now. even without the rushing upside, like he, I Doesn't think he matter. still outplayed his draft position like last year. And I think he's a pretty safe bet to throw. Like, did he not have forty touchdowns, touchdowns last year? Yeah, he did. So Brady, like, Brady was at eight last year. I think nine is fine for him. He just is like such a consistent. A, it's where it's, it's, it's locks, right? Fantasy locks yeah. and letdowns. I think he's a lock. Like he has yep. got so many weapons. He's Tom Brady. Yep. He's a lock to be, to oh, yeah. not be a disappointing pick with where people are drafting him. It's not like yep. he's going. And first you, it's them. like you get a back end quarterback, and it's Brady on a great offense. You're gonna feel yeah. pretty good you're, about you're that. Fe- you're gonna feel you're pretty strong more than, about you're that. Feeling, you're feeling. More than pretty good. If you have like a solid team and you get Tom Brady, you're good. But I'm, I'm keeping on the theme because my one of my busts 
is on Tampa Bay. I think Mike Evans is the guy who suffers. I think Mike Evans so, is the so guy who's going to have a problem. We're just rolling through Tampa right now. We're going rolling through doing? Tampa. Well, the big questions in Tampa right now are like, who's getting the ball, who's not? And maybe Mike Evans does end up with the most targets. But last year, he had the least targets of his career, I think outside of his rookie season. And he's being drafted as a wide receiver one. And that makes me very, he's at 11. That makes me very, very nervous. And that team's going to score a lot of touch. He was good. He had a lot of touchdowns yeah. last year. And I would guess that he would have a lot of touchdowns this year. But 13 is a tough number to repeat. Yeah, especially uh, I, with I, the, and he he's famous for getting 1,000 yards every year. He got 1,006 last year. He got a thousand and six. So, so like, with, and, and Antonio Brown's going to be there the whole year this time. Yep. And Godwin's going to be there the whole year this time. Like, I'm like, not saying that he he's going to go under a thousand yards, but like, I don't know. I'm just looking tough. at that situation, and I'm finding reasons why he would get less targets, not more. Right, exactly. Because those other guys are going to play more, and he is getting. And if it was like, if he was Godwin territory, if he was a little bit lower, where he's your wide receiver two, it's like I don't feel so bad about twelve team league. This is a wide receiver one at his ADP, yeah, and that I'm makes me at very, like, uh, very nervous. I'm not taking Mike Evans over Chris Godwin. I'm not taking Mike Evans. I don't think I'm taking him over Julio. I don't. I don't think I'm, I'm taking seeing, him over, I'm over over Mari Cooper. There's just some guys where I trust him to get 120, 130 targets, and I can't say that about Evans, and he's going so high. I, I, I Back to Antonio Brown, at 40, at wide receiver 40, I really think he's the play. He's definitely, the like I, I, as just like baseline, I like the other two receivers better, but he's so far below him, and I don't think breaking 100 targets is out of the question for him at all. He's still super talented, and Brady likes him. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's Antonio Brown, That's, like yeah. arguably the best wide receiver of the decade. And someone who, you know, had a, I know his PFF grade was really high last year. Someone who was a, definitely a contributor for them in the playoffs. I don't have his target numbers right in front of me because my Wi-Fi is being slow. But he's, yeah, to be a wide receiver 40 or, yeah. That, I mean, you're, you're drafting, you're not even drafting him as your flex. That's like the best value play you could make, man. Or, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a really nice one. Yeah, I'm trying had, to go look at his. He had 62 targets last year. He started eight games. Eight games, yeah. four starts. So he that's, was on pace. He was really on pace. Good. He was on pace to get more targets than Mike Evans was. Yes. Uh, he was on pace for nearly a thousand yards uh, and eight touchdowns. I just, I don't know. I like that. <laughs> I, yeah. is, like, that, what, is, that is, is that your lock, Matt? Is that your lock? I, I don't want. He's a he's lot to be them. better than wide receiver. Like he's coming off the bench. Like, wide receiver at that like point. 40. It's like, yeah, I mean, well, okay. What does him finishing at wide receiver 40 look like? He does something or he gets hurt. Yeah. Other than that, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to yeah, see him getting less than hundred targets. The, the only thing you really have to be concerned about with Antonio Brown is if he just freaks out and leaves. It's your backup receiver. You can even get another guy after that. There's so little downside at 40. Right. Yeah. No, he's a good play there for sure. Well, uh, Theo, do you want to hit another letdown, or do you want me to give you give my two cents real quick? Uh, you can give your two cents, Matt. I want to hear what you have to say. Are you ready to hate me? <laughs> Go for it, Christian McCaffrey. I don't hate you. I just I don't. <laughs> I I know you're like he's being projected at like. Second overall, so yes. it's like, how are you supposed to you reach could, those you could, expectations? 
It's like if you're being drafted number one overall, all you can do is disappoint. And that's where Christian <laughs> McCaffrey's being drafted. Oh, wait, uh, he's projected number one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah, see. he always I, is. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like Kamara or Derek, but no, it's it's McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous, <laughs> though. It's like. I think it is, right. I think it is ridiculous. Where wow. would you realistically expect him to finish? I don't know. I just don't know Top if I five? trust. It's just you're you're you're. I don't trust any of those running backs because you're drafting them number one overall. What if they get hurt? Like right there, like Derrick okay, Henry, okay, but, he's gotten a billion the, carries. Okay, Derrick Henry, yeah, but Derrick Henry hasn't been hurt before. Chris McCaffrey's yet, no. coming off and Chris McCaffrey's coming off an injured season, and you know he's going to get us a, a ton of volume. Immediately. Well, well, then, then fuck. (laughs) It's like, well, well, he's going to get too much volume. Well, then he can't win, can he? Because then if he wasn't going to get the volume, it'd be like, he's not going to get the volume. Yeah, I don't think it's ridiculous that if someone had the first overall pick and they picked McCaffrey, I might go with Kamara just because, you know, he was. Yeah, he's a little bit that he's a little bit more built than McCaffrey. He's like a little bit more physical and like he's not coming off a major injury like McCaffrey is. I can maybe see that, you know, I wouldn't blame you for taking anyone else at the one spot, like over McCaffrey, but it's not like, I think that him going, they gave him the ball like 400 times. Once he has like the best receiving upside of like any running back. If you're in PPR, it's not even a question. Cause he's going to catch the ball so much. Derrick Henry went nuts last year. I don't even think he was wide receiver one. Uh, like if you want to go Camara one, I see the argument because he's less injury prone. Or maybe the carry, the touches go up, but I kind of don't think they will because they want to keep him healthy. Um, but like everyone knows the injury problems with McCaffrey. It is a little bit of a risk. You could be right. Hubbard maybe gets more carries. The offensive line isn't going to be good. But if they give him the ball a ton, which they're probably going to, I don't know. Yeah, like, it's like, what is the alternative? Is it, my it's question. A, I guess it's exactly. a double edged sword. I guess it's a double edged sword, right? So, okay. Like, He's your you bust. Get- so at, at, let's say at four, no Cook, no Camara, no Henry. What are you doing? You're taking I've, McCaffrey. I, I, I thought it. I, I've kind of been on the. I've kind of been on that Theo plane right now, where it's like, if if those three guys aren't there, I'm probably going receiver. At that I think point. that I think that's insane. I think going name, a receiver. Name one genius over, who isn't crazy, man. Name one genius I, who isn't I, crazy. I would go. I would go McCaffrey. <laughs> take the risk that you could have the best running back by a lot, and you can still swing around in most drafts, unless it's like a 14, and you can probably still get a guy who I have in one of those higher tier receivers. I yeah, think probably. that Nick, yeah, because there's Nick Chubb who is splitting time big time with with Hill. Derrick Henry has no receiving upside, and eventually the treads are going to come off his tires. And he's in a more pass heavy offense now, so you know I might bet on McCaffrey going above him. Like I can see Kamara, and I like Kamara a lot because especially with Michael Thomas gone, like he is the guy there, and I think that he is the argument for most talented running back in the league. Because I think he's every bit the receiver McCaffrey is, plus a better pure rusher. So I can maybe see McCaffrey, but they've always been hesitant to give Kamara that kind of workload. Whereas, albeit with a different regime, the Panthers have given McCaffrey that before. It's like I understand the concern. I really do understand where you're coming from, Bladen. Where it's like he's a little, he's a little dude. He's coming off an injury. You know, maybe little dude know. gets hurt with a bunch of work. And, you know, like, I, 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 I don't want to be, the, I, and I don't want to be that guy who's like McCaffrey's going to get hurt. It's just if I'm drafting you number one overall, if I have the first pick, I am definitely scared to take a guy with injury concerns. I would be too, and 
that is, but I, the alternatives are just not good enough for me to, for me to be like, I wouldn't be yeah, like, I guess I, I think, I think Camara, I think Camara for me is, is kind of the obvious pick at number one. And then kind of after that, I guess you could say you could go McCaffrey. Um, but I, I feel, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's a little bit of a reach to say that like, cause again, it's like number one. It's like, how are you supposed to, I agree that he's not better. like a slam you dunk. You can't be but better than that, but yeah. He's maybe not the absolute guarantee. Like, there's more problems than maybe people consider, but I, I can't see him as like a bust, even yeah. knowing the injury problem. We all know, <laughs> and it's like you still are going to take him as a tier one running back. Yeah, I guess that's totally fair. All right, Theo, who, who's your letdown? Who is my letdown? The NFC South. Oh, I don't know. It's The NFC South is hard because I... I like. It. I thought maybe Ronald Jones. I don't love Ronald Jones, but even he's being, yeah, he's being drafted so even low. That, he's being really drafted so yeah. low. It's like at that point, I don't think Arians likes Ronald Jones all that much because he can't catch. Um, I will say that I like Giovanni Bernard in deeper leagues because I think he's reliable. He's their reliable pass catching guy and reliable blocker. And they don't even really need a good running back because their passing attack will be so good. So they might just want a guy who's the like reliable vet. So Gio Bernard might have a bigger role than everyone thinks, but um, I don't know. I could say maybe you talked a little bit about Kyle Pitts. Um, yeah. And you know what? I'm, I actually, you made me think a lot more about that take. I know we're both kind of thinking about it. He is definitely one of those guys. I feel like I said this last time where it's like, it seems like there's more outcomes where he finishes below his ADP than above it. I right. really think that's the case. And these are the biggest expectations that, any rookie tight end has ever had and tight end is one of the toughest positions and he's going to come out and he needs to be like elite day one for him to be worth it. Right. And I think I am, you're not going to find like a bigger Kyle Pitts fan than me. He was my number one graded prospect by a substantial margin, um, by a substantial margin. I cannot say enough good things. I think he's Darren Waller without the drop problems. Like the dude, is is just you watched his college tape and he was on a different planet and i think if anyone's going to be the first tight end to finish with a thousand yards since like mike Ditka did it it's going to be him because he has the opportunity and he's you know the wide receiver two on that team is russell gage but even if he does all those things he's still tight end four like he's not going to be better than the top three and it's like you got hawkinson who's like going to catch a million balls and you got like you know with all the injuries that is that are happening to the Ravens guys, you know, maybe like you can be a really, really special rookie tight end and still finish like Yeah, he could be seven. He could eight. be a Hall of Famer and be a letdown to this year in fantasy. He could yeah. be a first ballot Hall of Famer and be a letdown this year in fantasy. So I think that it's very likely that he does finish as wide receiver or tight end four, like exactly tight end four. But like 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 our producer said, like he he was talking about Kyle Pitts, and they were doing an auction draft, and Kyle Pitts went for like thirty dollars, and T.J. Hawkinson went for like five. It's like he's not that oh, much better than what? there's just like I mean with with winning leagues, you need to find guys who finish above ADP, find value, and it's just Pitts is being valued so highly that he's great, but is he doing that for you? Yeah. He's probably not going to be above his value. Right. Like, I, yeah. think it, I think it's decent shot that he finishes at his value, which would be crazy for a rookie tight end. 
like like and he's that crazy good where he can finish at that value but like you want to buy low and it's it's just impossible to buy him low so i don't want to come off as like kyle pitts slander because i love that guy and i think he's so good but yeah. If we're talking fantasy, like there's just not a ton of meat on the bone to like get more than you bargained for. Yep. All right. Well, Matt, Theo already gave, I guess, his second lock for the South with Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, so who's your lock? Who's your second lock for the South? Talked about him like a million times, but I can run it back one more time. Mike <laughs> Davis. Uh, and a lot of people have been sleeping. No, I, I actually, the reason why I want to talk about this is because I had some people like, really argue against Mike Davis and it was bothering me. They're like, well, you know, they're not going to be the best rushing offense in the world and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, screw that. No, Mike Davis is, first off, he's not just a guy. I saw way too much of that. I've been looking online. It's like, oh, he's just a guy. Oh, he's just a guy. No, no, bullshit. He is better than that. He is legitimately a good running back. Uh, he's he has no serious competition behind him unless you think an undrafted free agent is going to come take his job. The Falcons chose to go get him this year, and they chose not to have um, like, like a serious backup. Now, maybe one of these undrafted free agents, maybe one of these other guys for the Falcons does come in and takes a chunk of the carries. Felipe Franks. But, but, <laughs> but even, even if the Falcons were the team that decided to rush the least and were the worst rushing team, I still think that Mike Davis could easily end up with 200 plus carries, not carries, but touches. He's got great receiving upside. He was a very solid blocker last year. He's going to be on the field all the time. I don't, and he's, he's getting drafted ridiculously low. Um, I, I, I have a hard time seeing him finishing below his ADP bar entry. Like what would have to happen? It'd have to be like a James Robinson situation. And I saw somebody like seriously be like, well, what if that, what if the, one of the undrafted free agents becomes amazing? So if that's the argument against them, I'm taking them all day. Yeah. Yeah. He's going, you want to talk about how amazing a blocker he is. He's PFF's number one run blocking halfback by a, not just like a wide halfback. Yeah. It's weird. I don't yeah, care. No. So, <laughs> what's his pass blocking? Yeah. Uh, his pass blocking grade is like a fifty-two. His okay, run so blocking is an eighty-six. <laughs> how well, how many run blocking snaps? Does he's not getting us any points. <laughs> thirty-six for the run. <laughs> okay, I so we got thirty-six snap sample size. Where you, I guess he's run blocking <laughs> in a two. Hey, I, I think that's I think that's I like top fifteen. I don't know. I thought I thought he was an all right pass blocker last year, but maybe I'm maybe I'm biased because he played for the Panthers. I mean, he's a big, um, thick yeah. dude. Have you seen his legs? Dude? Yeah, I mean, if I, if I, I was I, just, rusher, I, I wouldn't want to run into him that much. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he should be on the maybe, field a maybe lot, I'm wrong and about. that's good. That's, that's, yep. I agree with you. Mike Davis is a guy. I knew you were going to say him, so I didn't put him in, but. That's very sweet. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, you know, a blatantly clear running back one. And there just aren't that many of those And there guys. aren't that many of those. Like, even Nick Chubb isn't that. So, like, yeah, you should draft the blatantly clear running back one if you get the opportunity, especially as late as he's gone. Yeah. Well, I don't uh, have another I, bust in this division. I, I could force one. I don't really have one. I, I, I had Michael another, Thomas. I have, I have a lot. I had Michael I have Thomas down wanna... just because I had some questions about it, but I don't really think it's a bust. I have, I have another potential lock. I The, the South is hard. right? I feel like it's really hard to find, like, locks or busts in this division. Um, but I, I kind of, and I've been leaning this a little bit kind of recently, Matt Ryan, um, because the last time where he had a really good offensive coordinator, 
he won MVP. And I don't think he's going to win MVP, but maybe we're looking at close to 5,000 yards, right? And, and obviously the thing that would have to happen for him to win MVP is the Falcons would also have to be good. And I don't know if that happens. But like if he puts up like 4,500 yards, 30, 32 touchdowns, the strategy you're happy with I've that. liked with Matt Ryan is you take you take Lance first and then Matt Ryan second because Matt Ryan 4500 yards, 4400 yards, 4900 yards, 40 49, 45. Yeah. Like he's always putting up a ton of yards. Exactly. You know, touchdowns in the mid mid 20s, even in the 30s a couple in the past couple of years. So I I agree with that. I think I think um, Matt Ryan's a decent pick. I wouldn't want him like if you're in a 12 team league He's not Matt really a Ryan. Top 12 Matt Ryan is a safe pick if you have a guy who you think could be stellar, but like it's a risky. If pick. you have He's Hertz a- or Lance, or you take maybe like Lawrence or one of the rookies that you're just not sure about, and you want a good backup option, I think that Matt Ryan's a safe pick. Yeah, I, yeah. I would agree, So I think he he's a lock to be incredibly safe. That's that's <laughs> the take. He's a lock to be incredibly safe. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have another letdown. Uh, Matt, you said Michael Thomas, maybe? Just yeah, I mean, we already talked about him earlier. Yeah, I didn't even we, like. I was just trying to get two down. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> we I all know. The I, I could say maybe Ronald Jones, but he's getting drafted. He's not. So he's not getting. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's baked into the ADP already. Yeah, I'm um, concerned yeah. on the Panthers. There's DJ Moore, but he's also getting drafted kind of low. And Robbie Anders, everyone's kind of getting drafted. On the Saints, there's like no one getting drafted at all except for Alvin <laughs> Kamara. So it's like. <laughs> I don't really see all these. Like, um, another another fun guy who's getting maybe a little bit low, uh, Latavius Murray. He's not bad. He finished just like a, a running back three last year. Um, he they give him a fair amount of carries. He's not going to have the receiving upside. He's more of a backup. But he's getting drafted like running back forty three, and I think his situation probably got a little bit better for maybe to him get a little bit more carries. Talk about how that team's going to run more. I don't think they're going to really go crazy with Kamara. I think. I think Lotavius Murray probably repeats about where he was. And Hold on, Matt. He, he's, he's a little undervalued. You know, I again, I, I've been kind of quoting PFF grades all day, and I don't know I don't know if it, like, means a whole lot, but Latavius Murray had 153 receiving snaps, not, like, targets or anything, just, like, snaps where, like, it was a pass play and he ran a route. Yeah. Um, he had an 83 receiving grade, which was, top, which was fourth. Among nice. running backs. See? So He's nice. Like receiving yeah. like receiving upside is there. <laughs> like, like well, I, I I said the receiving up I'm not saying he can't cash. I'm saying that I feel like yeah. Kamara's gonna he's not the main oh, guy yeah. to get the receiving. I mean Kamara Kamara's Kamara's second. Uh Naeem Hines is kind of the first is the first guy dude. I mean, it's just like I don't know. I feel like he's a little bit undervalued because he probably he, doesn't have that breakout chance, but he's having a good solid backup. And then of course, uh you do also kind of get a lottery ticket and something happens to Alvin, then uh, he's a league yeah. winner. You got Alvin he and Latavius. also might get cut. <laughs> you really seen, think so? I've <laughs> seen rumors that he could get cut. Um, but those were like a week and a half ago that I was seeing those, and it hasn't uh, happened yet. Um, he, is kind of making, he is kind of making a lot of money, and the Saints cap situation is still not super to say the least. So he might be a cap casualty. But if okay. he stays he, on, that's, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I was ignorant of that. That's but like that's okay because I don't think he'll get cut. Like I've seen, I, I, yeah, saw, I, like, I didn't hear anything about. Or that. here, then, then he becomes the ultimate sleeper, and it's awesome when the Rams pick him up and he becomes running back one for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that's just the one thing. Like I agree with you, Matt. 
And I think it's weird, but one thing I saw on my timeline was like two Saints beat reporters floated it as a possibility. But that was like a week and a half. Okay, ago okay. Then um, here's something else to think about. If he does get cut, they picked up Devonta Freeman as the third string guy. If he gets cut, Devonta Freeman, yeah, he becomes all of a sudden he becomes a guy who's in line for like yeah, also, and if Devonta Freeman gets cut, then the, the guy behind him. <laughs> look, there's a guy. The Saints like to give the ball to multiple running backs. They don't like to give like Alvin a trillion carries like some teams do because they know about keeping the running backs healthy. Whoever's the backup is going to get a fair amount of touches and be the best backup in the league or like in a fantasy or he'll be, you know, a playable flex option or whatever. Just watch out for that because they're going to get drafted below that. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a, another hypothetical. If Latavius gets cut, do the Rams pick him up? Yeah. I said Maybe. that, uh, I, I, I yeah, did fl- float that as a possibility. No, no. Yeah, I, fl- I floated that just a I second ago. You, yeah, I, I think you, if, I think a hundred. I, I really do think the Rams would pick him up. I really believe okay. the Rams. Are gonna I thought make we were no, we were talking close. about we were talking about um, if the Rams traded for a guy earlier, right? I, I just brought him up like two seconds ago. You don't you even listen when I talk. <laughs> no, I, I brought I know, it up like no, two no, minutes I swear, ago. I swear, you're not say that. Yes, I, you just zone out when I speak. I hate you, man. It's gonna hurt. Right. <laughs> Moving on to the NFC North, who do you, who do you guys really like here? Anyone you really love in the NFC North, Matt? I love Devontae Adams, and I know oh. that's the world's least hot take because he's wide <laughs> I think receiver he's, one. <laughs> I think wide receiver one will be very good. <laughs> We've talked about all the running backs that we're not sure about. If I had the number one overall pick in the entire league, I would strongly consider taking Devontae because that guy gets double-digit touchdowns every damn year. He's going to get double-digit touchdowns this year. He's going to potentially lead the league in yards. I feel more confident about Devontae than I do anyone else in the entire league. And especially among running backs, like that guy has no like wide receiver two in Green Bay is going to end up being Devin Funches. Like that guy is going to have 180 targets. He's he might even like outdo what he did last year. I don't know. I just think that like when it comes to a safe pick, you know, people feel scared to draft a wide receiver because running backs are the ones who get the most points. Like once I have a very short list of running backs that I would consider taking before Devonte. Once like. Once like three of like Dalvin, Kamara, McCaffrey, and maybe Henry go off the board, I'm taking Devontae Adams immediately. Like that just makes my decision like not a decision. I'm going with Adams. He's a lock. He is the biggest lock to be good in the entire league, I think. Like that guy is going to have tons of production. He just Theo, I, I know you just can't wait till we get to the AFC West. We just Waller? talk about, no, because lock being a lock. Oh, don't try. No, you guys overestimate how much I like Locke. I like Locke in that I think he can no, be. No, I, I, I just thought you. I thought we you talked would about this like I two just, episodes ago. I thought you would I'm just want to make the pun. I thought you would just want to make the pun. You want? I will make the pun. Make the pun. Now you ruin the pun. But Devonte Adams, like, not a hot take because he's obviously like getting drafted as wide receiver one, wide receiver two, maybe behind Hill and and Diggs at the latest. But like. I even think like, however, I'm, I'm as high on him as anyone is. Like I would seriously considering drafting. I would seriously consider drafting him 101. Like seriously. You know what? Can we rewind for a second? I want to uh, point out that like two months ago, people were talking mm-hmm. about how Calvin Ridley has wide receiver one potential. And now he's getting drafted at like wide receiver six, wide receiver seven. Like, 
Kyle Pitts. I'm rewinding to AFC South. I'm just saying, like that's that's. I mean, that's what happened. I'm not saying that I disagree with you. I have Calvin Ridley in my tier one of wide receivers. He's in line for a ton of targets. He's got a good quarterback throwing to him. Uh, there's nothing not to like. But the reason I think the reason why his stock went down a little bit is because it was like just him on the team or whatever <laughs> for a second, yeah. and then. I, yeah, I suppose the list I'm looking at has him at four behind Adams, Hill, Diggs, and then Ridley, which is about where I'd put him. Um, okay, but yeah, if he's, but, I know in the mock drafts we've been doing on sleeper, we've been able to get him like stupid late. I don't know if that's going to happen in I'm real saying. life. But I, I would agree with you. Yeah, he's really, really, really strong. I like him. Uh, he's definitely just like in that tier one. And if I swing around in the second round and he's there, I'm going to feel awesome about taking like, him. Like, okay, every for time. example, in, in that 32 team league, Matt, that we did, mm-hmm. I, I was able to get Calvin Ridley and Amari Cooper at with the 20, I had the 27th pick. And I got yeah, Calvin, Calvin Ridley, Ridley at 27, silliness. That guy has like total potential <laughs> that's to get. Rid- that's ridiculous. I mean, he's he's got 150 targets written all over him. So. <laughs> I don't know. That's back so, to yeah. NFC South. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was back yeah. to NFC South. Let's get back to NFC North. Uh, Theo really likes Devontae Adams. Matt, who's your guy? Jamal Williams. It's my guy. Um, they just love him uh, in, in Detroit. And I've heard quotes that they see him as like the down to down back a little bit more over Swift. And I'm not, I'm not going to put too much into camp quotes because they have a lot of capital invested in DeAndre Swift and they don't have it in Jamal Williams. But that team is going to run a lot and I really think Jamal Williams is going to get a lot of carries and DeAndre Swift is injury prone and if either if they run him more than people expect or if something happens to Swift or even if neither of those things happen at 38, at running back 38, he is 100% upside. Plus, I think he's a really solid back. Now you still behind, behind a good offense. I, I said I said this in a video last week, and people people said people uh, said I was crazy. Well, I didn't say this exactly. I said that I don't think DeAndre Swift is going to be as good in fantasy as people think because I think Jamal Williams may end up taking well, that lead. We can go into that. He's my letdown. DeAndre Swift scares me because if it's more of a yep. time split than people think, it's probably not going to work out, and he's injury prone. I, I said that a week. Oh my! I'm so glad you said that. I'm so and, glad I, you said and there's that. There's totally this. He's he's so talented, and the offensive line's good. So I get it, like I do. But it's just it's just a little it's a little scary to me. Yeah, it's a little. I would draft DeAndre Swift. I don't. I, I'm not frightened by DeAndre Swift. I think that you've got a talented <laughs> aren't, aren't guy. Aren't you the guy that, that like high. hates tiny running backs? I guess, but like. I don't know. Considering where he's, I hate tiny running backs when they're Christian McCaffrey getting drafted number one. When they're overall. when they're on my favorite team, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but like, where Word is out to get you, Matt? Swift is going at like running back sixteen, and it's like they're not going to be able to pass it all that effectively. They're gonna the coach in Detroit is obsessed with running things into the ground. So you've got a running back in that situation behind a decent offensive line with a coach that definitely wants to run the football. And Swift is the one with the receiving upside. That is probably true. The I more talented. He's probably the most talented back. Like, oh, at 16, he, yes. I, I, the, I drafted him in one of my, in the league that I really seriously, like, you know, was am excited about. I drafted him and I felt pretty good about it. So I don't know if I would 
Maybe he's a letdown, but I expected him to be going much higher than 16 with considering. I mean, he doesn't doesn't strike me as a three down back. I think even best case scenario, I think the best argument for him is that he is the most talented back. They do have a great offensive line and the receiving upside. And I think golf is probably going to check it down a lot. That makes me feel good about him. But I totally think that Jamal, I think Jamal Williams have a little bit bigger role. um, And I, I do think DeAndre Swift is a little bit injury prone. And running back 16, I think that's fair value for him. I'll give you that. I just don't yeah. think he's a lock, I guess. Yeah, Jamal Williams, as a Packer fan and a guy who loves Jamal Williams, and it's impossible not to love Jamal Williams because he is the greatest guy of all time. He's just not a like, running back one, you know? Like he's, I, I, He might be the guy people think Mike Davis is. He's always hovering around you know, 3.8, 4.0 yards per carry behind an awesome Packers offensive line. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I, I like they might say it in practice because Jamal Williams is just such a charismatic person. And you might be like, like this guy is awesome in training camp. But like when the games roll around, you, you're going to want Swift. On I really, over, I really do think Jamal. he's still going to get a fair amount of carries. Even if you DeAndre Smith is more talented back with the receiving upside. So I don't want to, if I, I don't know if I just said like two seconds ago that I had Williams over Swift. I don't Swift over Williams all day. But I do think that Williams is in line to probably get a few more carries than people expect. I think that limits Swift's upside a little bit, um, even if you're just doing that because you don't want to run him into the ground. It's totally fair. Yes, I, I would agree. And also, Williams is a very good pass blocker, very yep. good pass blocker. So that might be another thing Dan Campbell is like, can't have our five foot eight guy pass blocking. We need Jamal Williams in there. So <laughs> that might be another thing. So. Yes, uh, I don't. I don't disagree that Williams has extra value, but I would. I, w- I wouldn't shy away from Swift at where he's getting drafted. That's my thing. Um, I guess that's fair. Um, you know what? You know what's weird to me? What's strange? Twenty eighteen. This this guy is get. This guy was wide receiver eleven in twenty eighteen, wide receiver fifteen in twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. and wide receiver eleven in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And now Tyler Lockett is being drafted wide receiver twenty one. Why? One problem with him, not in the NFC North. <laughs> oh, shit. <We're> t- <laughs> <laughs> this was a conversation for last episode. But I guess, yeah. Oh, man. No, you know what happened? I, I, was looking at just, I, know, I was looking at Justin Jefferson, and then I got sidetracked and started looking at Tyler Lockett. I don't understand <laughs> that, but all right. <laughs> Justin um, Jefferson's a good I, player, though. No, I do think Justin Jefferson is good, but he's he was like wide receiver six last year, and now he's getting drafted like wide receiver eight, and that's like fine. Yeah, he's. I think he's getting drafted appropriately. <laughs> like I've got, I've got Thielen so. though. Who I'm looking at a different. I'm looking at the underdog list, and here, Adam Thielen is wide receiver twenty five, which There's is no way. stupid because he is. Like he finished his like wide receiver ten last year. So. I'm seeing him as wide receiver sixteen over here. Um, uh, I see him. No, at... Yeah, wide receiver twenty five behind T Higgins and Jamar Chase. Like I don't know what I'm looking at, but he, no, he's not. If you can get him that late. T. That's Higgins a lock. I don't know. I, don't yeah, know I see. I see him at. I see him at sixteen too. Um, and at sixteen, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Um, yeah. If if he was going at twenty five, yeah, that would be that would be a problem. Um. But, but 16, okay, I think, is yeah. fair. Anyway, I mean, re- Thielen, nothing changed. Thielen finished his wide receiver 10 last year, and nothing changed for him. Nothing. Like, if anything, like, more coverage will roll over to Justin Jefferson. Maybe Justin Jefferson gets more targets. But, like, you can pretty safely slot in Adam Thielen as, like, 
pretty good value, I think. So anyway, uh, that's if he's there, like at 25, absolutely. That's my thing. Uh, if the underdog ADP is to be trusted, which maybe it won't be, but if you can get him like after cup, like, yeah, go, go for Thielen. Yeah. If it's like a decision between some of those other guys, because yeah, think of Thielen as like a top borderline top 10 type of guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to know a guy that I am a little bit worried about though? Yes. Cooper cup. That's not again. the NFC North. Jesus. This is what? the NFC West. Oh my, why have I do, why am I doing this again? I don't We're know. looking at the Vikings, the Bears. Bears. I, keep, I keep looking. Oh, yes. yes, I know. Lions, and I Packers. look at the Vikings. I looked at the Vikings and I like, I was like, yep, Cooper Cup plays for the Vikings. <laughs> and I'm like, no, nope. but uh, <laughs> yeah, not at all. Not at all. Actually, you know what? I think I'm going to retire. Um, I think uh, different white guy, different white guy. That's like Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. <laughs> different, different white guy. Different white guy. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think some guys on the Bears are a little bit concerning. Um, just again, I talked about the rookie quarterbacks earlier. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to Justin Fields. Like, I, I don't know. First of all, he's not playing the first three games. I refuse to believe he plays the first three games because you don't start him against the Rams. He would die. Um, and then you don't want to throw him into a shootout with the Browns. And then obviously you're not going to throw him like in the in-between game against the Bengals. So he starts week four. And then you're just hoping that he lights things up, right? Kind of the same thing with Trey Lance. It's just like, yeah, you can take him and then you get a guy like Matt Ryan. And then it's like, hopefully Justin Fields yep. is awesome and you can start him. But like, are, are you going to take Justin Fields above Matt Ryan? I wouldn't, but maybe you guys would. No, I, I just think Justin Fields, what, what's his ADP among quarterbacks? Um. Like 17? Was like uh, that's, I mean, that's just like a, a pie yeah, shot on a backup. I can't be mad at that. I guess, but it's like... He's got rushing upside. Um, he's, yeah, he's, like, yeah he is rushing upside. upside. He's taking yeah. off left and right. In the <laughs> yeah, so, I mean... He's it, also it, been taking hits left and right. It, unless you're... Even if you're in a league like... I'm sorry. Like, I don't I don't hate it at 17. I think that's fun. Yeah. I, I mean, think maybe, it's fun. I would say that potentially Allen Robinson is a guy that disappoints just because rookie quarterbacks typically do not light it up. They don't. And even a good rookie quarterback and a guy that you're excited about typically does not have like Justin Herbert last year, amazing rookie season, top 10 rookie season of the modern era. Definitely. Um, and Keenan Allen took a little bit of a hit in production, went from wide receiver like do six you to wide receiver 15. Um, I think that like Allen Robinson just like it's it's scary to target like the outside edges of the field. It's scary out there. Um, like the little checkdowns are are more safe, and I feel like that's where rookies tend to cling to, and that's why I kind of like Cole Komet as a sleeper. Like if we're going like deep, I think Cole Komet might be a guy that like is a kind of a security blanket for Fields, especially the way he's been targeting Jesse James this preseason. Anyway. Um, let I me, think let me ask Robinson you something about Allen Robinson, Theo. Yeah. Do you think that Justin Fields, let's say Justin Fields plays nine, ten games. <laughs> do you think he is better through nine or ten games than Mitchell Trubisky was through nine games last year? Yes, because Mitchell Trubisky sucks. Okay. Yes. And Allen Robinson finished where in fantasy last year? Probably like wide receiver. Oh, what did I have him at? I, I think that Fields can be better and Allen Robinson not, I don't know. Allen Robinson, rookie 
rookie quarterbacks drafting their wide receivers scares me a little bit. Like drafting guys that they need to target down the field scares me a little bit. Cause like Tyler Boyd with Burrow, he fell off. Devontae Parker with uh, Tua. Uh, Allen Robinson was wide receiver 41 last year, I think. That's can't right, be true. No, that's really? that's 28. That's 2018. Yes. Shit. Uh Allen Robinson was 12th. Yes. With, and he's had double digit touchdowns once. Horrible, I just don't know if it happens Mitchell with Trubisky. I don't know. Rookie court it's just a thing. It's a thing. Like I I don't know. I believe the numbers it. Baker in front. Mayfield, it's a thing. I mean, even Rookie Baker court- Mayfield with Odell like it was Mhm. Young quarterbacks do not typically produce elite wide receiver production. It happened with Keenan Allen last year. Better quarterback, worse production for the wide receiver. I, I just think that it's it takes a little bit to get that that chemi- like that go to. I don't know, but it, who, it, it does. Who do you me a think bit. he's going to go to? If just a commit, commit, um, rush it himself. You know, <laughs> just take David it. Montgomery, Jimmy Graham, like little sh- shorter Tyreek things. Cohen. Tariq Cohen, oh. like. I don't know. Oh. I just think that that wide receivers are scary to throw to for young guys, like throwing it, airing it out down the field. It's scary. Um, one guy who's, I guess, not that big of a sleeper, but Kirk Cousins uh, is being his ADP is twenty right now among quarterbacks. He has not finished below that, uh, where he's finished above that every year since twenty fourteen. I don't know. Is that our offense should be good too? I don't think that's bad. Last year he it's was kind quarterback. Of the, it's 11. kind of the same thing with it's kind of the same thing with Matt Ryan. He's he's just Where's undervalued. Just like, like he's probably going to be a borderline quarterback one type deal again. And even if he's not, you're drafting him. You're drafting him as like one of the lowest drafted fine. backups. So that'd be somebody I'd look at. You could also look at yeah. T.J. Hawkinson. We already talked about him, but Hawkinson's yeah, real, I, I didn't uh, want to bring strong. up Hawkinson because I always talk about Hawkinson. Um, um, and then who else? We haven't talked about AJ Dillon yet. Love him as a runner. Super strong. I think he's in line for close to 150 carries. So that's another guy who I, I would say. Uh, has some nice upside for where he's getting drafted. Where is Aaron Rodgers being drafted? Probably about eight. Like quarterback eight. He's like the one before Tom Brady. He's quarterback I mean, seven. Yeah, that's about fair. And he's probably a lock for that. Yeah, for being that's totally honest. About right. It's like him and Brady are probably like, like I I don't even want to I don't want to say low level starters, but like. Cause that sounds awful. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get out of it. Let's get out because all we're telling people no. now is like, guys, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys know that good players are going to be good? I yes. don't know. I don't feel. I feel good. If, I, yeah. I don't have a ton of ton of letdowns. If, yeah, honest. I feel pretty good about every. I would say if we're looking for some sleepers just to spice things up, I think Brashad Perryman is a sleeper with where he's getting drafted. I think he's a potential wide receiver one on that team, and he's like nowhere near. I thought you meant like, fantasy wide receiver. One. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. Like on the on the Lions, but like a wide receiver one on the Lions can be like a wide receiver. Like you can throw him in a starting lineup in fantasy and be all right. I think he's slept on a little bit. AJ Dillon is screaming like if Aaron Jones goes down, AJ Dillon might be a top 10 running back in the entire league. He really might. I love AJ Dillon. And he's like, Aaron Jones is someone where I was like screaming at Mike McCarthy to give like Jones more touches because Jones was clearly that talented. I feel the same way about AJ Dillon. Like that guy, if Jones were to go down, we would see no drop off and maybe even a little bit of a improvement because AJ Dillon is a beast. And he is a potential league winner. And if you're getting into backups, you stash him and you, I mean, you've got a, if Aaron Jones goes down, you've got a guy that is, 
you know, like an extra running back one, in my opinion. So there's him. Komet, I like as a security blanket for Fields. Um, He's talented. Yeah. Irv Smith, another tight end. Yeah. Who's, yeah. I think that he's getting drafted like pretty, pretty low. He's such, um, he's such a nice play. You can get him as your backup tight end, like last round, last couple of rounds. And then uh, he's all upside. You don't have to draft him as your number one. Yeah. And the you know, Vikings sorely need, Oh, like a third receiving option. There's yep. Jefferson and Thielen, obviously. And then there's a big there's, void black hole that, you know, Irv Smith could do a nice job filling. So there's a lot of sleepers in the NFC North. Um, I know you love David Montgomery, Matt. Uh, we talked a lot about him. Uh, my my do, big I, sleeper is uh, Tyro Williams. Yeah, uh, I like Tyro Williams. Same logic as uh, Perryman is like one of those. Somebody will come out as wide receiver one there. I feel like he, yeah, good. he's just just get like a lot of touchdowns. It's not. I don't even know if it'll be a yards thing. It'll just be like red zone. But yeah, looking at the division, um, as far as letdowns go, I'm not really seeing all that much because everyone is just kind of set in their ways. Like maybe Allen Robinson isn't quite that guy with a rookie quarterback throwing. Someone will get hurt. Um, Someone will get hurt. That'll be real disappointing. (laughs) Don't draft the guy who gets hurt. But uh, I don't know. As I look through the NFC North, I'm not. I'm not. Also, if you're looking to draft someone from the NFC North, don't draft someone from the NFC West. Um, Don't draft yeah. someone from the eight. Yeah, different division. I would You're say gonna be maybe, a real, it's going to be a real letdown if you thought you drafted an NFC North player. Maybe, maybe I can argue Aaron Jones. I can maybe argue Aaron Jones as being a little Twitter. bit overvalued because I think AJ Dillon is that good and I think he might cut into those carries like a substantial amount. But it's like, amount. yeah, I, I see that. But do they just pay him? To like to make him a, a running back by committee? No, they don't. Right. But like yeah. maybe. I don't know. That's the only thing where I, I kind of wrote him down. But that was more of a like a vote of confidence for AJ yeah. Dillon more than yeah. a, than a, a Aaron Jones is bad. Like yep. so I like AJ That's Dillon. Fair. But as far as busts or letdowns go, um, there's no one that I would I, I don't want to force anything that I don't believe. So I don't really see any exactly. in the NFC North besides maybe Robinson. Yeah, kind of the same thing for me with Fields is I just don't know how much I want to lean on a rookie quarterback to succeed right away, especially, you know, kind of that mid-level backup. I don't know how much I like that, but I think that kind of wraps things up for us today. As always, a ton of content coming your way. So glad you guys, I'm, I know everyone's happy they got a bonus episode because I always have people are like, we need more episodes. We need longer episodes. Like I listen to this during my workout and it's not long enough. Um So I know everyone's going to be super happy about that. Stay tuned for the AFC locks and letdowns next episode. NFL preseason continues to go on, right? We're getting so close uh, to week one. Don't miss out on all the great content coming your way on all platforms. And as always, from the Stay Hot squad of Matthew Spineauer, Theo Ash, and Bladen Kirk, the best dressed podcast in the world. We'll catch you on the flippity flop. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.